Well, this morning I want to share a farmer's story. Um, you remember, do you remember there was a day that this farmer went to sow seeds? So sowing seeds, the, the casting of seeds. So as he's casting the seeds, some of those seeds fell on a pathway. Remember that story? And what, when those seeds fell on a pathway, what happened? So these birds swooped down and that was, there was no plant coming out of that seed, but a happy bird. And then some of the seeds, they went on over into the shallow soil, the rocky soil. And what happened to those seeds? Okay. So yeah, so the sun, there was just no soil. There was no moisture. So those seeds didn't produce. And then there were some seeds that wandered over into where there were thorns and thistles, the weeds, and what happened to those? Choked out. They got choked out. But then some seeds ended up where? Good soil. And what happened when those seeds got in that good soil? Yeah, there was a produce, you know, that the crop was produced. You know, it's kind of hard to tell that story because all of us have heard that story. We've got it pretty well memorized. We did a great job remembering that story. But what I want to aim towards is a couple of things. One, uh, just to talk a little bit about how when you run into a parable, how do you interpret that parable? And then we're going to do some of that. And then we're going to just move towards what's, why did Jesus tell that parable? So biblical interpretation of parables. Parables and the epistle of Revelation are considered to be the most misinterpreted bits of Scripture. If you're going to misinterpret any Scripture, it's going to typically be a parable or Revelation. Parables, where, where people have missed on parables... And I didn't bring an example along, but people have tended to think that parables are allegories. And an allegory is a story with a hidden meaning. So even Augustine, a great church historian, theologian, came up with this allegorical interpretation of a parable that was just like, what in the world? Where did that come from? He, He told a great story, but not quite sure that's what Jesus meant. So, So parables really... In a simple, simple, well, there's stories that are calling for a response. Jesus telling a story is inviting people to respond to a truth. So how do you interpret them? Well, you want to check the context. You want to get to know the audience. You want to identify points of reference. That would be parts of the story with which the, the listeners would have identified. And then you can go to the next level. We're listening. Well, how would we identify? So those are the things we're going to do. So here's the context of this parable. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, the parable of the sower. So looking at that context, just a little bit of discovery. What stands out? 
What, what, what's, the, what's the information that, that we have going into this parable that would be helpful? So go back to that so we can look at that slide again, Steve. Who's he? Jesus. Yeah, so, you know, we don't want to miss that. This is Jesus begins to teach beside what sea? Sea of Galilee. Good job. But he want to go. This is a big one. Where was he before this? Before he was at the Sea of Galilee, where was he? I don't know. He had gone home. Where, is it? where was his home? Where was Jesus' home? Nazareth. So Nazareth is up the hill from the sea. So he's come back down to Capernaum. He's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he begins to teach. And who's there for him to teach? There's a large, there's a very large crowd there. Matter of fact, that crowd is so large, Jesus has to be a little bit creative on how to teach them. So what does he do to teach this very large crowd? He gets in a boat and floats a little bit offshore as the crowd is on the shore and he begins to teach from that boat. Interesting, isn't it? Did you know that this audience is not... 90% of this audience would have been agrarian. How many of us knew that the Mount Laurels were blooming? Raise your hand. That's not quite 90%. How many of us are going to have a spring garden? (laughs) Not me. When was the last time one of us visited a farm? Okay. That's, you went to that farm? That's great. How many of us are farm kids? Got, we've got a few. We're, we're not an agrarian society, right? I mean, we've kind of wandered from that. But this, this was an agrarian crowd. And so when Jesus ta- starts talking about sowing of seed, they know he's talking about sowing grain. The primary grain they sowed was wheat and barley. And their survival depended upon having a crop. The wheat and the barley was for bread. Anytime you visit the Middle East, guess what you're going to have as a staple of every meal? Bread. Good bread. <laughs> okay. They estimate that 30 pounds of seed was the typical sowing of a half acre. So if you think of a large backyard, that would be a half acre, 30 pounds of seed. That's about half the amount that's recommended today. So 30 pounds of seed being scattered in a backyard. October was the month of sowing. Because the first rains came and it softened the soil enough for the seeds to rest in the soil. So if you could just imagine, because this is not a stretch of your imagination at all, just imagine farming a small plot in the hill country. 
because that's exactly what it's like in Israel, in Palestine, in the hills. Farming in Nazareth. Now, if you look at that, you probably see this clearer. What, what stands out about this photo? Just what, what, are the, what, do, you, what do you see? You see terracing. So you've got hill country and you've got terraces for the plants. What else do you see? What, what do you think this is? Huh? Water? Well, it might be water, but what's, if it's water, it's connected to this funny little thing right here. So what do you think that is? Irrigation. Wine press! It's a wine press. Isn't that cool? So grapes were big. Olives were big. Wheat and barley. So when this farmer is, is trying to cast his seed, he's trying to get it into good soil. So this is that Nazareth village. If you go with us on the journey of understanding, we'll go to Nazareth village. So here is a terraced little plot of land. Seed is being cast in this story toward that good soil. But notice that very close to that good soil is a pathway. So some of the soil going towards the good soil went onto a pathway. And then some went into rocky soil. Look at that soil. What does that soil look like? That looks like my backyard. (laughs) That's shelf rock. I mean, it's exactly like the hill country. Very, very shallow topsoil. Then also, around that good plot is thorns, weeds. Listen. Jesus teaching from the boat. Listen. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Again, a discovery moment. With what do the listeners identify in that parable? Again, see if you can go back to the parable, you can look. Again, I've tried to describe who this audience is. So what would have stood out to them in very general terms? What would be the things they identified with? What are your thoughts? Sewing. Just the activity. Uh, 90% of them participated in sowing, okay? The ground. The, the ground. They're familiar with 
the ground that you saw photos of. That's their ground. That's their territory. Okay? The soil. Yeah, there would have been loss of seed. Not every seed got to the good soil. Okay? What else? They would have cleared that same goal. They would have wanted that yield. And that's the high yield, right? I don't know. I'm not a... Yeah. Yeah, 30, 60, 100 would be like awesome. Yeah. And again... Their life depended on that yield. Okay? So you think Jesus got their attention? Points of reference. Sowing, seed, soils, yield. We got them all. But then here's the most important question. Because this is a parable, Jesus is calling for a response. What is the response that Jesus is calling for? Have so we have here and we have here. Anything else? Variety of people. And in the midst of that, Jesus is saying... What I'm teaching is something that you need to listen to. He starts with listen and he ends with listen. I'm sowing truth into your lives. Are you listening? What's the condition of your heart? The soil within you. You know, really when I kind of come to that response... And I kind of plug it into not back then, but today. And I think about just cultural pressures upon us today. I mean, how many people are really listening to each other? I mean, most of our news has become a shouting match to people with a moderator who's not really moderating, just two people going off. And this gets louder and louder, and nobody's listening to anybody. So I want to contrast that scene, which just seems to be, maybe I, you know, maybe I want to get some news too much, but get that contrast that with, it's time to listen. It is time to listen. It's, really, it's always time to listen to Jesus. Jesus continues to speak to us. And we want to learn to listen to him. We want to learn to recognize his voice. We want to listen to God. God has a voice. God speaks. We want to listen to the Bible. I believe God speaks through the Bible. He's the, he's the ultimate author of the Bible. His voice is still coming through. Are we listening to him speak? Are we listening to teachers? Do we, do we go to Bible studies and, re, I mean, really listen, really intent on listening because we know these seeds of truth are coming into our lives and we want it to produce 
good fruit. Now, part of our faith is listening to those that are encouraging us, teaching us. Are we listening? Go to classrooms. Shana, Kate, are those kids listening? Did you teach? Have they learned to listen? Do we listen to one another? Are we really intent? Are we really interested in listening to each other? Do we listen to our friends? I believe that Jesus teaches us that it is valuable to listen to our enemies. And again, contrast that. The world that we're living in is saying something totally opposite to that. And so you and I, as, as we, I mean, we're pulled between these loyalties. And I pray, I pray, I pray that our loyalty will always bend towards Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, listen to your enemies. If you can reconcile with your enemies on the way to the court, it's better to do that. That's the ethic of Jesus. That's a kingdom ethic. We've got to live that way. Parents, I put this first. Parents need to listen to their children. Sometimes we, we just we, we turn that upside down and we just demand that our children listen to us. But if we're not listening to our children, then we're not modeling to them what it is to listen. Got to listen. And the kid, kids need to listen to parents. We could just keep on. Is there some others you want to add to this list? Just my short list. Did we say husband and wife back there? Okay. It's kind of this little whisper, but I could tell by the, yeah. Gentlemen, we need to listen to our wives. Ooh, Inga. Ooh. <laughs> that was eyeball. The... Okay. <laughs> yeah, and wives, listen. Your husbands, I mean, if, if the husbands like me, they don't use very many words all the time. So you got to grab them when they come out. <laughs> so. Listen. Are we listening? I mean, that's, that's really it. That's the point of this story. That was the point for the crowd that was there. That's the point for us. To, are we listening? Are we listening? In his truth, finding its way into our lives and producing a bountiful crop. We're praying a prayer this year. And we're praying it with regularity. Uh, if you're praying it daily, great. If you're just praying it regularly, that's awesome. But would you notice in this 2017 prayer for us, when we ask God to fill us with the knowledge of what He wants, how are we going to know what He wants? By listening. 
<laughs> but that's a dad trying to listen. Trying to listen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh. So, so we're asking, Father, fill us with the knowledge of what you want in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Give us the discernment to understand what you want. That's, that's listening. For, we're asking for him to speak. So we want to listen. So it's connected to this prayer. So could we end our time just by, again, as a community, listening to what God is saying? Father, we're asking you to fill us with the knowledge of what you want in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. When we hear what you want, this will mean that we will be able to conduct ourselves in a manner that is worthy of you. And so give you real delight as we bear fruit, the seeds sown into our lives that are spoken by you produce fruit in every good work and grow up in the knowledge, the relationship of God. We pray that we'll be given all possible strength according to the power of your glory, the power of the resurrection, so that we'll have complete patience, become truly steadfast and joyful. In the name of Jesus, amen. Find someone before you leave, leave today and say to them, thank you for listening to me. Pick that person that you recognize is in this room that listens to you and tell them thank you. Thanks for our morning together.